the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Pro-America Report with Ed Martin. Welcome, welcome. It's Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Great to be with you. We got some wonderful, wonderful guests today on this program. Coming up, Dr. Brett Decker will be with us. He lived over in China. I think he lived in Hong Kong, uh, but he's going to tell us what's going on in China. Not just the coronavirus. There's a lot to see. You can read about it, but also what's really happening. And then we'll talk with Scott Pressler. Hashtag the persistent Scott Pressler, now a famous, famous uh, personality, media personality. I saw him. I mentioned to you last week. I saw him up in Pennsylvania. I was at an event in Philly. He was up there. He was uh, rallying people to register to vote. Scott Pressler, he's also famous now for these efforts to clean up inner city areas. Really impressive guy. Wonderful friend. And he'll be with us in a few minutes after that. First, we got to talk about what you need to know. A long weekend. I don't. I didn't watch the Oscars. I just didn't watch it. I saw. I, I heard Brad Pitt said something about. Um, I don't know, uh, Ambassador Bolton. It just doesn't. It just didn't interest me. I did hear that some South Korean show, uh, movie won like a bunch of uh, the Oscars. I just didn't watch it. I, it just wasn't an interest to me. Um, but we do have a lot to cover. Before we get to that, uh, remember, this is the Pro-America Movement. If you want to learn more about what we're up to, uh, you know, my my day job is as the president of the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a national organization started by Phyllis Schlafly. If you watched closely during the Oscars, there were a couple of trailers for a new a, a Hulu FX FX Hulu series called Mrs. America about Phyllis Schlafly and the fight over ERA. And so if you watch closely you saw that that woman there she just she passed away a few years ago. She before she died named me her successor and I head her organization all across the country there's volunteers and people who care about keeping the country pro America, pro family, pro life, uh, pro military. And uh, it's great work. So you can find out more about that and my work at phyllisschlafly.com, phyllisschlafly.com. And we'll be talking about that Mrs. America thing. Also, this week, we'll be talking about ERA. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, she doesn't have enough to do. You know, she, she she's impeached the president, went to nothing. She's passing nothing, pa- nothing. And she's going to have a vote on Thursday about putting abortion into the Constitution with mandatory taxpayer dollars. That's what she's going to do on Thursday, Nancy Pelosi, otherwise called trying to revive the ERA. Uh, but we'll talk about that later in the week. All right. But what do you need to know right now? What do you need to know right now? Well, I thought I would spend tonight with a few minutes with you previewing the contrast between the uh, two parties because earlier today I was with Senator Rand Paul and the meeting we had, there was a few of us in the meeting, was kind of cut short. He had to go to the airport with uh, the president on their way up to New Hampshire. And um, and so, he, but here's what's going on. In New Hampshire, in these days, you have the Republican Party with Rand Paul, very popular, with Congressman Matt Gates. He was at the meeting today. He's very popular. Uh, a couple other people and the president, of course, Don Jr. is up in New Hampshire because there is technically a first in the country, first in the nation primary tomorrow, not just for the Democrats, which we'll talk about in a minute, but for the Republicans. So the president's not taking anything for granted. And he's up there. He's got surrogates campaigning and it, it's it's going to be big. And so what what what's the point there? My point is that the um, 
Republican Party is very, very united. It's united, and it does, doesn't mean that we agree on everything, or those of us that are Republicans. It means that you're united in the direction. Again, at this briefing I had, it was at the Trump uh, 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 Trump campaign offices uh, earlier today. Senator Rand Paul, Congressman Gates, a few other folks, they had some uh, some successes they were talking about. You know, we don't agree completely. Uh, Rand Paul wants all the troops back, stop any of these wars. Other folks are saying, hey, let's move slower. We got to balance it. The president's telling them that. You know, some of us would like to see uh, even more pro-life legislation. You know, some would like to see even more action. on. I, I brought up Common Core education. Um, so, but it's um, it's directionally right. And the Republican Party is united. If you were not pro-life and you're a Republican, you're, of course, welcome. But you are now in a pro-life party, strongly so, with a pro-life president, strongly so. If you're someone that wanted more wars, you know, more nation building and all that, it's not a party that's doing that anymore. It's just a different thing. And so, But everybody's staying, as far as I can see. Everybody's staying because they see the direction being so good and so right. That's the contrast to what's happening over the weekend and today and tomorrow in New Hampshire. Because in New Hampshire, we have Pete Buttigieg... Who is he is accusing Bernie Sanders of not living up to his promises? Thank goodness, by the way, because half of Bernie Sanders' promises would be terrible for us. You have Joe Biden accusing Pete Buttigieg of being no Barack Obama, and then you have voters in uh, in 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 town halls accusing Joe Biden of being it well I guess they didn't call him a jerk but they but Joe they, they, they criticized Joe Biden and Joe Biden lashed out at him and called called a woman he called a woman a liar because she said you know what didn't turn out well in Iowa and he said have you ever caucused have you ever caucused she said well yeah and he said no you didn't you're lying you're lying and so you've got this this breakdown of the Democrat party in New Hampshire on national TV on Friday night they had a debate and the debate was, you know, one after another is for Medicare for all, for illegal aliens. You're going to have all, as someone said, just answer this question, very simple question. How can you have free health care for anyone who is in the United States, legal or not, and have open borders? They want both. They want to have open borders and they want free health care for anybody who makes it in through the open borders. It's not sustainable. And not yet that's what they're advocating. Every one of them wants abortion. There's nobody, there's no pro-life Democrats anymore. It's not allowed. That's what's happened to the Democrat Party. And it's getting vicious. It's getting vicious. And here's the interesting thing. Off to the side, wasn't at the debates on Friday, was, isn't on the ballot in uh, New Hampshire, is, is uh, Mayor Mike Bloomberg spending, no kidding, uh, now up to hundreds of millions, half a billion dollars of his own money. On campaigning and, and on advertisements in in the in, not in the early states, he skipped him completely. He basically said, you guys, it's going to be chaotic. I'll let you do that. And more and more people are saying, hey, it looks like that guy's got a chance. So Trump is surging. Trump's popularity is up. The unity in his party's up. There's more and more people saying he's making a play over the weekend. Van Jones said, hey, everybody, he's making a play for African-American voters. Trump is trying to get African-American voters. Just the conversation that he's trying changes how people perceive him. 
And on the other side, the Democrats are shooting each other and complaining about each other, all the while accelerating the move to the left. Now, what I've told you for months is that the uh, the civil war in the Democrat Party, excuse me, the civil war in the party, in any party, political party, is not Trump versus never Trumpers. There's none of them left. Joe Walsh dropped out, the guy running against Trump. I guess Bill Weld, the former governor of Massachusetts, is still in the race in New Hampshire. He'll get 10 votes. But the, that, the people that want to say, oh, never Trumpers and Trump and Romney and Trump, doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's Trump's party now on issues, too. People have come along on the issues. In the Democrat Party, it's an absolute war. Here's one that's just unbelievable. Shake your head, out, laugh out loud. President Trump tweeted it. But AOC, the rumors are, is thinking of running against, against Chuck Schumer in a primary. And don't you think she'd win? I got to think she'd win. I, you know, I think it's, um, uh, and I think the, the reality is that um, you, if you end up with a, a primary, uh, with a primary for the um, the the, the uh, Chuck Schumer, I think he loses. I think I think he actually might lose that race, and and so anyway. But back to my point: the civil war is burst out into the open so much so that Amy Klobuchar is getting more is getting more votes is getting more support at least in polling because she's uh, she's not one of these crazy people. She's not one of these lunatics on the left. So that's what you have to watch. You know, tomorrow there'll be an actual primary. I don't think the Democrats can mess this up. They're actually just going to have a primary voting, not caucusing. And they'll be out there and you'll be able to come out of it and you'll see, hey, that's what you um, that's the uh, election. That is the um, uh, that's the numbers. Add them up. No caucusing, no alternates, no second choices, no nothing. And see what you get. And we'll get an answer. But it's only the beginning. It's only the beginning of what's going on. It's just the beginning. And, and, you know, over the weekend, now you're starting to see James Carville came out the Democrat hand and said, hey, this is crazy. What we're doing is crazy. I mentioned Van Jones has said there's no way you're going to win if this is what you do. I mean, it's starting to become a problem in the Democrat Party. Start desperation time. And of course, everybody loves to say it, but don't you think Hillary Clinton's sitting back in Chappaqua, New York, saying, I'm here. I'm ready to help if you need me. You got to think she is. You just have to think she is. She figures she's got 100% name ID, you know, ability to raise money, and and she can solve their problem. That's what she's got to be saying. It's going to be interesting to watch. By this time tomorrow night, we'll start to have answers. It'll probably be a little bit later, and we'll be talking about it Wednesday, but we'll see. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we will talk with Dr. Brett M. Decker. Dr. Decker's at Defiance uh, University, Defiance College in Ohio, and has lived overseas in China. Uh, he was a journalist with the Wall Street Journal, Asia Wall Street Journal, Asian Wall Street Journal uh, for many years, and uh, he's going to give us an update on the coronavirus, what's happening in China. And then when we come back from him, we'll talk with Scott Pressler about the state of uh uh, voter registration, the state of what's going on, what is um, uh, going He's up in Pennsylvania where he's going to be next. Scott Pressler. All right, we'll take a quick break. It's Ed Martin here, the Pro-America Report. Be right back. The Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here to Pro-America Report. It's time. It's Monday. It's time to talk to Dr. Brett M. Decker. Dr. Decker is a professor at Defiance College as well as a New York Times bestselling author. And 
He has lived, importantly for this conversation, overseas in all sorts of places, including in the Far East, in uh, Hong Kong, and, and lived and worked in uh, China worked for, at that time for the uh, Asian edition of the Wall Street Journal. Welcome back, Dr. Decker. How are you, sir? Good. A lot going on over over in that part of the world. Well, and I watched President Xi. President Xi had on a mask, you know, like the mask that, uh, you know, because you don't want to get sick wherever he went to visit some patients or something. Um, but my question for you is, uh, what's going on here with this coronavirus in China and the Chinese government? I mean, are they, did they lose control of something? Is it possible? Wuhan, where the, the center of this is, supposedly is where their bio, um, biotech, bioterror, no, what would you call it? Uh, biomilitary lab is. is what, What's happening here? Well, you know, the one thing, and this is kind of, it, it, it's kind of exposing or reminding people why uh, communist governments, authoritarian governments are bad, is, um, you know, you have no control over the truth there. You, have, you, you don't have any access to it, right? They don't want American and, and European scientists over there because, what, they don't want them to have access to real information. So um, on the ground... Uh, people are saying that um, just in Wuhan alone, they're burning hundreds of bodies a day. Um, and the, the Beijing, the Communist Party, put out a, um, a, a diktat saying that um, bodies have to be burned immediately. Well, families don't get to have funerals, all that kind of thing. But it's also getting rid of evidence, right? So the official total worldwide still, they're saying, is like only 560 deaths. Well, from what I hear, just in this province alone, they're burning almost that many a day. And if you look at the hospitals, tens of thousands of hospital beds. And so the thing in China is you, you never know what the truth is. They hide the truth. Um, they don't believe in the truth, right? They don't want anyone else to have the truth. So there's no control over this. And, you know, if you can't identify the problem, well, you're not going to be able to come up with a cure. So I think a lot of a lot of dangerous facets and facets to the story and also that province they said they said like five million people moved before they put it started having quarantines on so where did those people go all over other parts of china um i have a friend in beijing and she told me she's been uh, a few days ago she's been quarantined for 12 days well she hasn't been she hasn't come down with anything they're just telling people right there's sort of like a martial law that the media is not talking about where people have to stay in their homes. Um, uh, all the street lights, all the street lights are out at night. Trucks are moving at night. They don't know what it is. Are they moving bodies? No one knows. Even, huh. even people sort of our level in that country are, are, are being kept indoors. And so a lot of unknowns out there, pretty scary stuff though. Well, we're talking with Dr. Brett uh, Decker, the professor and uh, for, uh, journalist, uh, for, formerly lived in Asia. And and um, is it possible in your mind, in your in your sense of of China, that they could lose control of it? Meaning, you know, it's one point two, one point three, one point four billion people. Uh, the ruling class is a few hundred million, and the rest is lots of different, uh, uh, you know, folks. Is it possible they lose control of this? You know, I think the scary thing is, you know, are they how worried are they about it, right? I mean, if they lose a hundred million miles to feed, they don't really care, right? So, I think I think they could really easily lose control of it if they didn't already, right? I mean, why don't they want foreign specialists there who who could help control it? Maybe one because they already lost control, and two, they don't want us to know. Like, 
today, the, like today, the the Pentagon announced that. 11 military bases in the United States are establishing uh, coronavirus uh, uh, coronavirus quarantine facilities. So they're setting up basically triage centers at 11 military bases in the U.S. And that's because the Department of Health and Human Services said they don't have enough space in case something happens. What do all these people know that we don't know? You don't, like, Health and Human Services has a lot of access for, you know, different kinds of um, natural disasters and things. Well, if they think that's not big enough, that the U.S. military has to get involved, you're talking about thousands and thousands of hospital beds for something we've been told only infected a few people in the country. Um, a lot of people are worried about more than they're telling us, you know. Um, in China, I lived, I was in Hong Kong uh, during the first avian flu um, crisis and um, uh it was just shocking what how it was treated in that right once people knew it was coming to chickens and everything all the stores all the restaurants everything just they like alive chickens they just killed them through in the street uh, like this is a a big huge modern gleaming city and i was walking by stacks of chickens out in the street just and, and like bleeding down the um the sewers like you're walking by stacks of chickens like five six feet tall uh, well, how how does that stop spreading? You're making it worse, right? So it's not right, like right, exactly. That, <laughs> it's not like protocol and health standards are up to the first world anywhere in China. So, um, right, this is why they need outside input on this kind of thing. It um, it does. There is a uh, a wonder though amongst Americans that um, is this something that was created? Do you think there's a chance that this was created by uh, the by the Chinese government and that they lost control of it? Or, well, let me say it differently: Is it possible they did that? And then is it likely in this case? It, it's always possible, you know. Even um, even in sort of some of our old our own old facilities in the old days or in Russia, certainly, um, right. You'd, governments do, um, experiment with, you know, biological weapons and things like that, or, or trying to develop, uh, serums to counter them. Right. I mean, if you're trying to come up with a smallpox serum, you have to have smallpox to test it out on. Right. So China, obviously being, um, not a good actor on the world stage, who knows what they're, what they're playing around with. So uh, it's a possibility. Um, the, their their lack of um, inter, like living up to international standards in general for health and security, it, it very well could be an accident too, right? Um, but e- either way, it's kind of a reminder, you know, China's not ready to play with the big dogs yet, and we, we shouldn't pretend that um, that it is a fir- like a, a first world country or a responsible government because it's not in either case is uh and we're talking again with dr brett m decker is the american response uh to it um you know uh, we haven't been that critical of china yet you know there hasn't been a lot of what the heck are you doing and i wonder why what's your sense on that yeah i think you know it's, it's it's a good question i think you know i think there are a few reasons one I think, you know, because, I mean, this is a, a totally Chinese-created uh, crisis. It's one that could kill people all over the world and could spread very far because they're irresponsible um, and not transparent. So I think I think there are a couple things. I think, one, um, I think the, the, the Trump White House, they've been beating up hard on China, and this wasn't part of their playbook. 
you know, the mm-hmm. president has pretty sophisticated strategy on on care and stick with them. Um, so I, I, I think that might take some time for them to figure out, well, we're offering help, so we don't want to beat them up because we want them to take it. And then if they don't take it, then maybe we go to plan B. I think as far as health and human services and, and the Center for Disease Control and stuff, I think they're not being critical of China because all these bureaucrats don't want to look like they're playing into Trump's game, you know, being being yeah. critical on a country where he beats them up and they don't want to be on his side. So I think this sort of politically correct sensitivity is playing into the into the bureaucracy because there needs to be more more warnings and more. Hey, uh, this is a this is a Chinese problem. It is. It does. Uh, you know, it, 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 it feels like it's um, a Chinese problem now. But uh, again, when you're talking about a hundred, you know, a couple hundred million people could be infected and then, you know, um, it's just a leak away or, you know, something that, that get, gets out of their country away from being a even bigger problem. All right. Thank you. As always, Dr. Brett M. Decker goes quickly. Uh, our resident China expert, I guess now he is. Dr. Decker is at uh, Defiance College. We'll talk again next week. Thanks, uh, Brett. Appreciate it. And uh, we will take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be right back. The Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. One of our friends, Scott Pressler, is out across the country doing his thing. I was actually at an event in Pennsylvania, I mentioned to you, and I, I crossed the room. I saw Pressler. He's about 6'5", and, and he's Pressler. And so I saw him. Somebody said to me, do you know him? I said, oh, yeah, I know him a little bit. And they said, do you know what he does? I said, yeah, he does a lot. I mean, he does a lot. It's not a, it's not one thing. Uh, Scott Pressler is, of course, uh, we know him for originally being a guy that was, well, he likes to say he was a dog walker. I didn't know him when he was a dog walker. But he was somebody who was writing thank you notes to Trump voters. He was um, out there holding signs. Now he's all across the country training you all. And he had our eagle leaders uh, that he was training uh, on how to register voters and maybe more importantly, talk to voters about what's going on. And also he is uh, doing this cleanup thing. It's incredible to follow the success of this cleanup. You can track his stuff down, all of his schedule at scottpressler.org. That's scottpressler.org. And there's one S in press. ScottPressler.org and at Scott Pressler on uh, Twitter. He's up to like almost a half a million followers. So welcome back, Scott. How are you? Thank you. Well, you know, at that same party, someone said, do you know Eagle Ed Martin? And I said, unfortunately. <laughs> do I? You said, do I? You denied. I think you denied me three times, Pressler. I heard I heard someone said, do you know Ed Martin? He said, no, I don't. No, I don't. And then they went again. And then right then, right then the microphone cut out. And we anyway. All right. Now, but Scott, you were in, in San Francisco. I've heard you reference this in conversations. And I see on your Twitter feed that you had it pinned up there. Tell me about the visit to Nancy Pelosi's district and your cleanup. First of all, set the table on your cleanup. I mean, I'm being serious. You, you're doing these cleanups across the country and it's not political. It's, hey, let me help. Let's let's all work together. Set that up and then tell me about yeah. uh, San Francisco. Well, you know, in 2019, we picked up over 105 tons of trash in Baltimore, mm-hmm. Chicago, Houston, Los Angeles, 
And uh, 2020 has been no different. We've already been to San Francisco and Portland, and I have trips planned to go to Detroit and Milwaukee. So 2020 is going to be filled with more cleaning up America. But uh, San Francisco was a different beast. You know, I've been in some of America's most dirty and dangerous cities. And San Francisco has some things that I've never seen before. Uh, and I hate to uh, be a little bit gross, but, you know, some of it was human waste on the streets, you know, where people are sleeping, people are living. And I just had never experienced that before. The, we're talking with Scott Pressler at Scott Pressler on uh, on Twitter. What, what was the what was the uh, uh, what was your? I remember so vividly, Scott, when you went to Baltimore. That's the first place where you had sort of uh, been offered. Someone said, "Hey, why don't you go help?" And you went there and you made these great friends. There's these pictures of you and these, and you've gone back to see your yeah. friends there. That were so they were so excited to see you. I know that's sort of the response everywhere when people realize you're there, there to help. They enjoy it. What was it like in San Francisco? Did you find people welcoming? I mean, is it is it the same in that way as everywhere else? Well, actually, uh, we had a group of protesters uh, come really? out. Uh, it was Antifa. And, you know, I, I'm an Eagle Scout. I've done community service. I, I never imagined as an adult that I would find a day that I was protested for picking up trash. And, you know, it was a minority group. And by that, I mean it was only, you know, a dozen people. Meanwhile, we had 150 volunteers spending their Saturday as volunteers to pick up trash and make San Francisco a more beautiful place. So that was the only opposition that we received. But, no, we went out and we shook hands and we talked with the homeless community. And, you know, we asked them questions. We said, are you registered to vote? And how do you feel that you are, with all due respect, sleeping on the street, but illegal immigrants are being taken care of first. It was a really mm-hmm. eye-opening experience. Is the um, all right? We're talking with Scott Pressler, by the way. Scott, tell me now about a little bit. Tell our l- listeners about um, your efforts for voter registration. Because again, even though you talk often about how much you support the president, your voter registration effort is about hey, get people voted, right? I mean, get, get, I mean, get people registered to vote, and and you know, uh, and and I think it's a powerful message. And and you, I think you were saying in uh, is it is it Florida where you said, hey, look, if we just are out uh, hustled for voter registration, we'll always lose. I would tell our Tell our listeners about that insight. Yes, well, I mean, look at Virginia. You know, Virginia uh, used to be a reliably Republican state, but voter registration turned the state blue. And unless we start registering new voters, then uh, the Democratic candidate will win Virginia with 1.9 million votes and Donald Trump will lose with 1.7. So my goal is to travel the country and teach voter registration and tell people that your voice matters, but it only matters if you go out and actually cast a ballot. And so I'm here in Pennsylvania, and I'm dedicating a lot of my time, and I'm going to be going to... Butler and Slippery Rock and Pittsburgh and Philly and Allentown, and I'm going to Kent, Ohio, and I'm going back to Florida, so I'm trying to hit as many of the swing states as humanly possible. 
is um is the uh, are you seeing uh, we're talking with Scott Pressler Scott do you see I mean when you started out you had people that gave you grief you still do I know but are you finding more and more people that say to you hey uh, I'm I'm a, I'm a believer now I, I believe in the direction this president's yeah. taking us I mean are you are you finding that can you tell me about that a little yes yeah, just when I was in San Fran I had a woman come up to me young woman um, minority and she said. I just walked away from the Democrat Party recently. So, I mean, literally, this was a former Democrat, and she said, now I'm a GOP activist on steroids. And she's helping hmm. to rebuild her local GOP that had no infrastructure, no precinct chairs, no organization. And uh, I was just so impressed that this woman had walked away and had already, like, taken the by the horns and is uh, working to affect change. And then I was in El Paso and this woman said, I just became a U.S. citizen and I'm registering to vote and my first vote is going to be Donald Trump. So everywhere hmm. I go from coast to coast, from the bluest cities to red cities, I'm finding uh, enthusiasm that we haven't seen since 2016. Uh, we're talking with Scott Pressler, and again, it's scottpressler.org. There's one S in his Pressler, scottpressler.org, and also at uh, Scott Pressler on Twitter and uh, hashtag the persistence. You'll find him a lot of times. It, if you go to his website, I recommend you sign up. There's an email uh, thing right in the center. Sign up, get on there, and they'll they'll keep you in the loop and, and, and make sure you know because he's coming to the cities. I saw, I think it was on Twitter, posted in the next two months or three months, he's in, I don't know, 10, 12, 15 cities. And, and if you, yeah. uh, it seems like if two or more, if you get two or more gathered and tell Pressler to come he'll come and uh and do it i mean he's on like a biblical mission at this point scott what's the number one threat i'm being serious now to president trump's re-election you know you see all these good things you believe in him you you know what's you what's your number one worry right now is it michael bloomberg apathy <laughs> no apathy? not not bloomberg bless his heart bless his sweet <laughs> picking art but no apathy i don't we need to go into this thinking that we're going to lose. Go into this thinking that we're down. Too many people have said to me it's going to be a landslide. No, we cannot have that mentality. Because if you think you're going to win, are you going to make that extra door knock, that extra phone call, register that extra voter? No, you're not. So go in thinking that you're going to lose. All right, Scott Pressler. Again, go to Scott Pressler, at Scott Pressler on Twitter. Go to scottpressler.org. Thanks, Scott, as always. Thanks for everything you're doing. And uh, I think, you know, you. Uh, the, 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 the energy that Scott Pressler brings directionally to whether it's voter registration, thank you notes, signs on the side of the street. That was one of his favorite things to do for so long. Um, uh, th- uh, the One of his, on his Twitter feed, you'll see he has a quote, 3.6 million black kids live in poverty. Why do Democrats choose illegal aliens first? I mean, boom, that uh, sp- expresses it. So thanks very much, Scott. We'll talk again very soon. Be safe out there. Get more sleep. Drink more water. I sound like your mom, but do all those things and, uh, and we appreciate you very much. Uh, we'll take a quick break. It's Ed Martin here on Pro America Report. Be right back. The Pro America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in uh, the Pro America Report. Great to be with you. Thanks. I love being back. Mondays are great to be back after a long weekend. And I almost forgot this story, and I wanted to cover it. You know, uh, later on this week in my day job, again, it's Ed Martin here at Pro America Report, my day job as the head of the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, I will be um, teaching a course, the first of an 11, I think it's 11 episodes, 11 segments, 11 
uh, I would say course offerings, about one hour each of a, of a program that's called the Constitution class. So I'm teaching a course called the class called the Constitution according to Donald Trump. Actually, it's called the Constitution according to President Trump. And my idea with this was to teach a course because this president has been so attacked over in so many ways. One of the things he's done is taught us about the Constitution. You got by the way, go to phyllisschlafly.com, phyllisschlafly.com. You can see more on this uh, course. But um, what I mean by that is on Friday, the courts, the uh, appeals court, handed down a ruling say you couldn't. I think I mentioned it on the show. You can't uh, sue the president for the emoluments clause just because you don't like his policies. It's not real. It's not uh, just because his family owns a hotel and some people that are foreign may stay there doesn't mean that they're given a, a gift to the president. So, but that's the emoluments clause. Nobody knew about. I don't think Americans knew about the impeachment process and the constitutional uh, uh, background of the impeachment that happened. Uh, over the weekend, lots and lots of discussion over that. But the one I was more interested in is think about how extraordinary it is that we are seeing a president who is is actually living up to his um, constitutional duties. What do I mean by that? I almost forgot to talk about this, is that the president of the United States was elected. The Congress is Article One, right? Article One is the Congress in the Constitution it has certain roles legislative powers. Article two is the president. Article three is the judges, the judiciary. Well, on Friday, the president showed the American people and all weekend long it was talked about. He moved out of the White House. Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, the guy who said he presumed that the president was doing something wrong and testified. And so the president moved him out and they said, oh, he's punished. And then he also removed the ambassador, Sondland, who said the same thing. I presume there was something going on. And over the weekend, everybody protested. They said, oh, my gosh, how can it be? How can it be that the president is punishing testimony from people? And the answer is Article 2 says that someone is elected president. And when they are elected president, they shall have these duties. Not there will be. In fact, a quote that was out of somebody was there was consensus amongst Ukrainian experts was to do something different than the president. Consensus. Nobody voted for consensus. Nobody voted to elect the consensus. They said, we're going to make someone a president. And the president's in charge of Article 2, including the National Security Council, including the FBI, including the Department of Justice, not including the judiciary, not including the House and Senate. But the president did what he's allowed to do under the Constitution. He did it. And he went forward. And all weekend long, the question was, oh, how could he do it? The answer is, we have a system, and our system has grown. So three branches. Article 1, the legislature, legislative branch. Article 2, executive. Article 3, the judges. In the last about 75 years, and you can blame FDR, especially in the New Deal, in that period of time, the last 75 years, both parties have been guilty of growing the size and scope of government so dramatically and then growing the power, uh, particularly, frankly, of the Article 3, the unelected judiciary, but also the administrative state. The legislative branch has deferred, created these, legis these uh, administrative states where they, they pass an enabling law that says, well, the, the, the government can do X. And how they do it, we don't know. We'll let them go ahead and figure it out. And then the, the, the executive branch has spent lots of time doing rulemaking. They call it rulemaking. And creating the rules 
to do that what it was enabled in the statute. It was never contemplated by the founders. And so what you have is this massive growth in the bureaucratic state that thinks they're in charge because they're experts at what should be done. They're the ones that know how it should be done. And not even an, a person elected president who may be smart, who may be talented, who may be whatever, that person doesn't know. And especially not some real estate developer from New York. We know better. We're, I'm Colonel, I'm Lieutenant Colonel Vinman. I can tell what should happen in the Ukraine. And I can tell, I presume to know that what the president meant was this, or the president meant was that, or the president meant the other thing. And so now we had over the weekend this incredible lesson. Is the president of the United States allowed to hire and not even fire? He didn't fire Vinman. He didn't. He moved him to the he's a military guy. He moved him to another posting. In fact, I read somewhere that Vinman is going on to be uh, he's going to be posted somewhere else. In, in, in a few months, he's going to go off to one of these cushy war college, you know, uh, uh, postgraduate courses. So he didn't fire anybody. But all weekend long, oh, it's can't do this, can't do this. If we don't have a constitution that has meaningful separation of powers, this thing is falling apart. This American experiment is falling apart. And here's another example. You know, there was somebody who leaked a story and wrote an op-ed and was very happy with themselves that they wrote an op-ed in the, I think, in the New York Times, and they've got a book coming out, and they call themselves anonymous, and they say, I work in the government. And, and I, I'm someone who's in the resistance. I don't like Trump. I work in the government. Well, the reports out today, and I can't confirm them yet, but I believe them, is that the Trump administration figured out who that was and that person's gone. Now, again, if you don't agree with what the policies are of the president, you're, you're, what you're supposed to do is, if, if it's a crime, go to the police, right? If it's a crime, there hasn't been crimes. But if it's a policy dis- disagreement, quit. That's the thing you're supposed to do. That's the honest thing to do. And so the Trump administration said, what, we got somebody in our administration who's writing op-eds and writing a book anonymously that is doing this? I mean, we're going we're gonna to figure this out. And let me be clear, there's a lot more that you should be able to do, and you can do if you want to, as an executive when somebody leaves. A lot of time, these men and women that serve at a high level, one of the things that they go out into the pub private sector and use as the coin of the realm is their uh, top secret clearance and their security clearances. And the president can revoke that immediately. Just say it's revoked. And now you don't have the access. You don't have that clearance. And I, I, my, my assessment would be they should do that more. More and more. All the time, in fact. But the president is now doing that. And, and people say, oh, it's after the impeachment. Well, probably he couldn't do a lot of this during the impeachment because they would have made that into a bigger part of it. But it's totally within his rights. It's completely within his rights. And... It's completely within the rights of the Democrats in their in the legislature to, for example, pass a budget. If the House wants to pass a budget, they can pass a budget. The president put uh, put out one of his and they'll have to negotiate. That's in the Constitution. The Constitution says Article one says the legislative branch shall be charged not just with passing legislation, but specifically with an originating spending of money bills. So the laws, that's fine. That's good. But that's the point. That's the difference in this situation. And what President Trump is saying is, I'm going to be in charge of my branch. Now, a couple of things. News came that that some of the evidence that Rudy Giuliani gave to the found in the Ukraine, he gave to uh, the Department of Justice. They're looking into it. 
There's been reference to that the Durham report, the, the uh, U.S. attorney from up in Connecticut that's been looking into the origins of the Russia hoax. The president has said, and I agree with it completely, that let's get to the bottom of the people of all this stuff about the Ukraine um, situation. Find out what exactly, who, who said what when, because it looks like it was made up again as a hit job. So Article 1, there's plenty that the Congress can do. They can pass laws, they can do oversight, but they cannot say that they're the in charge of the government from their side. They're not in, Nancy Pelosi is not in charge, and by the way, neither is a judiciary, judiciary. I mean, one of the problems is the judiciary has grown so strong, so strong that we got to step back. But watch as you see all these debates. Watch for the conversation and see if you don't notice that the left wants to to denigrate and frankly destroy these constitutional norms that's what they're doing and president trump by utilizing them by saying no 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 there's not there's no a bureaucratic class that's that's insulated from the authority vested in the in the in the, in the executive branch the authority is vested in a man who's elected who has per, specifically been entrusted with that role all right, I got to run. Thank you to Noah, our technical director, Joanna, our uh, producer. Thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here in the Pro America Report. Be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. The Pro America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego.